a few weeks ago, Pastor Sam told me that we would be doing a lesson series on Christmas carols, and he said, you know, pick your favorite. I knew immediately which one that I wanted to do, but then he told me I couldn't do Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> I mean, we were going to have a healing service and everything. I was going to tie it into something. So this morning, I chose the, the Christmas carol, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Go Tell It on the Mountain was first sung by American slaves. And that just hits me. That here are people that were in the ultimate bondage. Yet what are they doing? They're singing about the ultimate freedom. Amen. I mean, their hearts were to sing about the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. Even though in the physical, they were in bondage. Yet they're still worshiping the Lord. And that's got to be our heart. That's got to be our heart. The song that they were singing was not a song of bondage. They were singing a song of freedom. They were singing a song that was saying, no matter where I am in this physical life, no matter where I am in this world, you cannot hold me because I belong to somebody else. And that's the cry of our heart too. That's the cry of our heart. The songs of our life will sing and draw people to Jesus. And we can't let circumstances keep us from singing. So our life is going to sing a song. Let's sing a song that brings people to Jesus. Amen? There was a, uh, there was a young salesman who had uh, just lost a, a, a huge sale. And he was really disappointed and he was talking to his, his sales manager saying, well, I guess the old adage is true. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And his sales manager looked at him and said, it's not your job to make them drink. It's your job to make them thirsty. And let me tell you, in this life, in this world, it's not necessarily our job to make people drink, but it is our job to make people thirsty. We are salt. We are salt. And we've got to make people thirsty for the best thing. And that's Jesus. That's Jesus. During this time of year, I don't... It's all around. I mean, even in the, the, the worst heathen's mind, if you can use that term, there, there is that little thing back there. Even on the, the 25 days of Christmas on ABC Family, although it's tried to be expunged from everything, there's still... That thought that, you know what, every time we come around to Christmas, it's bigger than a tree. It's bigger than just giving a gift. That there's really purpose and meaning behind what's going on. So this morning, I believe that New Covenant Church has something that we can shout about. I believe that we can stand on a mountain and say, you know what? We belong to a church that is a loving church, an awesome church, and we should stand on a mountaintop and we should shout out the good things of our God. Thank you for that golf clap. 
So, just real quickly, I want to take some time and I want to break down the vision of our church for you and show you how each step of our vision is a step of, of evangelism because this song is all about evangelism, is it not? Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And our hearts have to be hearts full of an evangelistic fervor. Right? I know, hey, sometimes we start talking about evangelism, people start sliding down in their seats. But this, we're evangelizing something all the time. We're talking about something all the time. Let's talk about Jesus. Okay? All right. You know, sometimes when we, we start talking about uh, the church growing and building, you know, larger buildings, I've actually had people say, why do you always talk about that? Why are you always talking about numbers? Why are you always talking about growing? And I even had one person one time say, what, do you want to build a mega church? And I'm going to tell you, from the bottom of my heart, I want to build a mega church, but I want to see this church be a church of mega impact. And if we're going to be a church of mega impact, and this church is going to grow, it's going to grow through people being born again and people being restored back to their relationship with Jesus. That is the only church growth option in the Bible. Yes, we're going to have people that move from one church. Just like there, there, there will be people that leave here and go to other churches. There will be people that leave other churches and come here. This is the way life is. But if we're going to grow a church, if we're really going to build a church, and we're really going to do these things that we're talking about, we've got to see people born again. And we've got to go out and rescue those that have been hurt in church, been hurt in life. They may have had a connection with Jesus at one time, but right now they're not walking close with Him. Why? Because life has just chewed them up and spit them out. And if there's anything about this church that we're good at, it's connecting people to Jesus. Amen. Connecting people to Jesus. So, once again, just real quickly, I want to run through our vision, and I want to show you how each step of the way there's evangelism involved, and how each step of the way helps us grow into being who we believe we've been called to be. So, the way I want to put it out here, there's three, three parts to our vision. First part is connect with God. Connect with God. I read a story not too long ago about a businessman who went to Johannesburg, South Africa. And while he was there, he went into one of the gold mines, just visited one of the gold mines that's, that's there. And he said that he saw just armies of workers running around, moving, stirring up dust. There was the hissing of, of, of steam engines. There was just deafening machinery all around him. They had these huge water cannons that they were using to, to, to strip the soil and break down the rock. And he said, as that was happening, it was just creating this, this big sludge and slime everywhere. And he said it, was just, it just seemed to be lots of confusion going on every place that, that he looked. But the one thing that he didn't see in the midst of all of this is he didn't see any gold. 
And he spoke to the engineer that he was with who was acting his, as his guide. And he said, I don't see any gold. He's looking at all this activity and all this stuff going on. Where's the gold? And the engineer stopped, knelt down, and in kind of a, a muddy puddle right there, he pointed his finger and he said, there's a speck of gold right there. In the midst of all that, that man, that man had missed what was most precious. He had missed the precious metal that he had gone there to see. And in the midst of our crazy world, all the, all the distractions, all the noise going on in our world, all the slime that comes from living in a dead and fallen world, are we seeing what is most precious? Because what's most precious is people. Amen. Don't be distracted by all the activity that's going on and miss what's most important. This church was founded on the heart of connecting with God. And of course, we want you to connect with God. That's why we do Sunday mornings. That's why we get together and we worship corporately. We want you to connect with God. But we all know that there has to be something deeper than just me getting spiritually fed, me getting what I need. We have to have the heart to connect others with God. I'm going to be reading out of Mark chapter 8, and I had right at the beginning of my notes right here before I started tell everybody to go to Mark chapter 8. So you could be there by the time I got there. But since I didn't, I'm telling you, I'm going to Mark chapter 8. If you would like to follow along. And the story I'm going to read to you out of Mark chapter 8, I've read many, many times. And it's a great story about Jesus healing a blind man. But a few years ago, I was just reading. You ever get those moments where God just goes, here's something special. And you just go, wow. I never saw it. I never saw it that way. A few years ago, God gave me one of those, hey, here's something special. So this has become one of my, my favorite go-to stories. Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 22. Now I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, When they arrived at, Beth at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. And Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked him, Can you see anything now? And the man looked around and said, Yes! I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Here's Jesus traveling. Some people bring him somebody that's, that's obviously gone blind. And a lot of times when Jesus is praying for people, he prays for them immediately. But Jesus did something different this time. He actually took the man by the hand and led him outside of the village. Why did he lead him outside of the village? I believe that he had to take the man out of what was familiar 
out of this place of comfort. Because that man, I don't know how long he had been blind, but I guarantee he probably lived in that village all of his life. And even after he had gone blind, he probably knew every step, every path, everything. But Jesus brought him out of the village. And I believe when Jesus was getting ready to pray for him, he positioned him right where he wanted him. And then he prayed for him. And Jesus said, do you see anything? And he said, yes, I see people. So often we get blind because we get comfortable and we forget the most important thing is people. Connecting those that are lost, those that are hurt, those that are broken to a good God who heals and restores and redeems. So the first part of our vision Notice, it's not just about me. Yes, we want to connect with God. But the first step in the vision of New Covenant Church is connecting others with Jesus. Connect with God. Connect with God. Connect with God. The number one calling of NCC is to help people connect with God. We need to come to the place where we're asking the Lord, give me somebody. Give me somebody. When I was leading mission trips with the youth, there was always somebody that would catch it. And they would get excited. And they would tell me, yeah, when we're on this mission trip, I want to lead somebody to Jesus. I want to lead somebody to Jesus. And they always got the opportunity to lead somebody to Jesus. And you could just see the smile on their face. It was so rewarding. It was so life-giving to them to be giving life to somebody else. But let's remember that we're always on a mission trip. Our life is a mission trip. Every day when we wake up, we are on a mission. Let's not forget those that are around us. Let's see what's most precious. Let's see that gold in the midst of all the mud and the muck and the mire and the junk. Look for what's most precious. Look for people. And don't feel like you have to be some kind of theologian to lead somebody to the Lord or to even start a conversation. Just tell them your story. Way back in the day when Lisa and I first started here at the church and we were just doing the junior high ministry and I was telling the kids the same thing. Just tell them your story. Just tell them a Jesus story. And there was a young lady that was, that was in our class, and some of you may remember this way back then. We used to drive a, a van around and pick up some, some uh, kids that were not churchy kids, you know. And I was telling them one Wednesday night, share, share your Jesus story, share your Jesus story. And the next Wednesday night, this little girl ran up to me. She said, I've got to tell you something. I've got to tell you something. It's like, all right. She said, I was out in Big Sandy and I met this guy, this guy that was in high school, happened to be a foreign exchange student. He was from England. And don't ask me how. They got on the conversation of Jesus. But he, he claimed to be an atheist. 
And she said, all I could remember is what you said. Telling Jesus stories. Telling Jesus stories. She said, I didn't feel like I had a story, so I told him your story. <laughs> all right. And she talked to him for about an hour. And at the end of that hour, he looked at her and said, every time I tell somebody I'm an atheist, they start quoting the Bible at me. You're the first person that told me stories about why you believe. Amen. This guy winds up getting saved from a story. From a story. Tell people your Jesus story. Do not act like, well, I don't have a good story. You know, I was never an axe murderer. I was never, you know, this, that, or the other. If you don't have a good story, borrow somebody else's. Just tell them about Jesus. Connect them with the Lord. Amen? So as we are helping people connect with God, then we want you to connect with others. We want you to connect with others. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Catch that. It says that the believers devoted themselves to fellowship. Guess what? We need fellowship. We were created for fellowship. We only live effectively when we are in relationships. Isolation is dangerous. When we get isolated, man, the enemy zeroes in on us. And you know what? You can be isolated in the midst of a crowd. So we need fellowship. We need fellowship. We need to be around people. We need to hear other people's voice. We need people speaking into us. We need people just, just, just loving us. In the 12th century, there was a, an emperor named Frederick. He was the, the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. And he was convinced that there was an original human language. And he was determined to find this language. So his plan was basically to take some babies that had just been born and separate them. His thinking was that if nobody was there speaking a language to them, that they would eventually begin to speak man's natural, original language. So he separated these babies. He had nurses that would go in and, and feed them. They were not allowed to talk to the babies. The babies never heard human voices. They were separated from the other babies, so they never even heard the cries of the other babies. Within just a few months, every one of the babies died. I know that's an absolutely morbid story. But it just illustrates we were created for connection. We were created for fellowship. I can't even imagine. I've got a granddaughter that's not even three months old yet. And to look at that baby, to hold that baby, 
and to kiss all over those fat little cheeks. And I just tell her how much I love her. I tell her how much the Lord loves her. And there's already a connection. Of course, the connection is more with me than her at the moment. But we were created for this. We were created for fellowship. And even here, we cannot get the fellowship that we need just on a Sunday morning. Yes, we come in. Yes, we see each other. But the focus on Sunday mornings is not necessarily just fellowship. We've come in here to worship together. We've come in here to uh, pray together. We've come in here to hear the Word together. But we need that next level of connection. And I know that, that New Covenant has always had sort of uh, covenant groups, small groups, whatever you want to call them. But we've been more of a church with a few groups instead of being a church of groups. And we really believe that we're, if we're going to have the connection with others that we want to, that's going to help people as they come in, as they're being born again, as they're being set free, then what? Hey, I'm glad you got saved. See you next week. That we're able to help people move into a group where they're being cared for, where they're being loved. And instead of a group of 200, well, I belong to a group. I'm a, I'm a member of the church. Instead of a group of 200 and everybody else thinking, well, have you checked on so-and-so? That when you're in a group of 10, you can really, really begin, as we say, to do life together. So as we move into the, the new year, we're really going to focus on, on groups. We want to see everybody in a group. Why? Because there's, there's fellowship there. There's covering there. There's accountability there. If you miss next Sunday, I might not know it. Pastor Sam might not notice. You miss a group meeting, everybody's going to notice. Why? Because they're invested in your life. We want to be invested in each other's lives. Now we're setting up right now what we're calling life groups where there is a group for every age group that there is. <laughs> So you can have that fellowship, even if it's just once a month. Right now, we're going to meet once a month. But you've got that fellowship together. You've got that place to connect together. And as part of the vision of the church, fulfilling the vision of the church is not just getting people to connect with God, but we've got to get them to connect with others. Is this making sense? We don't want... People separated. We definitely don't want our babies in Christ separated. We want them hearing the voice of love, the voice of compassion, the voice of concern. Because too often in churches all across America, somebody will come in, they'll give their heart to the Lord, and then they fall away. Is that their fault? Or is it our fault? 
I didn't let my children go. Well, you know, we had them. <laughs> Grow up. What's wrong with you? Of course, they're in their 20s and I'm still going, what's wrong with you? <laughs> we don't want anybody to be without connection. We don't want anybody to be without that concern and that love. So in this church, we're going to work to see people connected to God and then to others. And it, may take, it, it takes evangelism. We're saying evangelism is just helping people take their next step in God. That may be their first step in God in being saved. It may be their next step into connecting with a group. It may be their, their next step in discipleship. Whatever it is. And some of, the, some of you, I, I got a text a couple weeks ago. We were talking about groups with, with our leaders. And one of our leaders that's not even real, over the groups, he got so excited. He sent me this text that was, you know, you ever get those texts that are like this? Really, really, really. Thankfully, it was from iPhone to iPhone, so it was all in one. Instead of, you know, getting from all those others, it breaks it down. there for bling, 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 bling. Obviously, y'all don't get that. <laughs> He was so excited about groups. He was going, this has got me so charged up. This has got me so charged up. I know, I know. This is going to help our church move forward. And I believe it. I really, really believe it. And then as we've helped people connect with God and we're helping them connect with others, then we're going to create community. Connect with God. Connect with others. Create community. That's the vision of the Catholic Church. To create, it takes effort. It takes work. It even takes sacrifice at times. And it takes service. Did you know that in the average month, I say average month because some months have more days than others, but we're going with the 31, there are 744 hours in a month. 744 hours in a month. How do we create community here at New Covenant Church? Well, the first step is that we serve together. And out of those 744 hours that we have each month, we generally ask people to serve on a Sunday morning twice. That's four hours. That leaves you with 740 to do whatever you want to do. You've got all the rest of the time for everything that, that, that you want to do and, and need to do. Why is this so important that we would make it part of the, the, the ministry progression and the vision of the church? You know why it's important to me? Because I'm in this church because of a greeter. I stuck with this church because my kids were loved on in children's ministry. I'm up here today partially because there was an usher that sought me out every Sunday morning to tell me hello. If you don't think serving in this church is evangelism, you're missing something. That's right. 
We evangelize every Sunday morning. Because we serve every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, a group of people are removing obstacles so other people can connect with God. Watching a single mom's baby so she can sit in the surface. You don't understand how big that is. It may be the only hour and ten minutes that she gets to sit and just breathe without having the baby with her. I know she loves the kid. We're not saying she doesn't love the kid. But we're removing an obstacle so she can connect with God. And when she connects with God, then she can feel free to connect with others. So yes, we're evangelizing. Those ladies that are down in the nursery this morning, they're not babysitting. That's right. And I mean that. We actually have a curriculum for our babies. Those ladies don't just sit down there and rock babies and tell, you know, gossip to each other. They're actually going through a teaching with babies. Why? Because that baby already has a spirit and can already begin to hear and learn from the Lord. We're not going to waste their first few years. We're not going to waste their first few years. We're going to start showing Jesus in them the moment that they go in the nursery. You know, we're not teaching them end-time eschatology. But we are teaching them Jesus loves you. God created you. And they're hearing it already. And as they move into the, the preschool, they're getting Jesus. As they move into the children's ministry, they're getting Jesus. It, it would be an honor to serve in some of these areas. Sometimes we get the attitude about, mm, I don't even think those kids. I don't mind opening a door those kids. I'm telling you what goes on in children's ministry. Some of the best ministry that goes on in this church. I have walked in back there before, just checking in on, on a Sunday morning. And those kids are laying on their faces, weeping before the Lord. When was the last time we laid on our faces and wept before the Lord? I've walked in there and, and those kids are hearing God and they're giving prophetic words to one another. It would be an honor to serve. It's an honor to serve because we're serving the Lord. And what we're doing is allowing somebody else, when I say, I'll give you that two hours on a Sunday morning, so somebody else can connect with the Lord. Is I'm sacrificing I'm taking a step back for a, moment, for a moment. And although I'd rather be in there worshiping, I'd rather be in there hearing the Word, I'm going to step back for just a little while and let somebody else connect. Let somebody... Let me tell you, if you're giving, there's this little scripture that says, give and it shall be given. If you're giving... You're not going to be without. I've actually had people tell me, well, I don't want to serve because then I'll miss the service. 
That's not the heart. The heart is give, and it will be given. You're not going to miss anything from the Lord as long as you're giving. He'll make sure. In fact, He said, I'm not just going to give it back to you in the same way that you gave it to me. I'm going to give it back to you pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You're going to get it back. And you're going to get it back abundantly. Amen? Matthew 20, verse 28. Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give His life a ransom for many. You do understand that the word Christian means to be Christ-like. I mean, it literally means small Christ. To be little Jesuses running around everywhere. <laughs> And if Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. If we're going to be like Jesus, we need to serve. Right? We need to serve. Now, this is, I'm not just up here trying to get people to join our serving team. There happens to be a dream team fair out there this morning, but that was quite by coincidence. I had my lesson planned before he planned that. But if you're under conviction, you can stop right out there and they'll give you a cookie for signing up. We give. This life that God has given us, we give back to Him. And we give through evangelism. Evangelism has to, I mean, it has to ring in our ears constantly. Because although we may live in what seems like Jerusalem, church on every corner, everybody is not in church. Everybody does not have a connection with Jesus. We need to use the sphere of influence that God has given us to stand on the mountain and tell them that Jesus Christ is born. Amen.